football. It's a funny old game, 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 game. Welcome back to the untold story of Hove Rovers, a radio documentary that I made in the mid-90s and then lost for many years, thanks to a lacklustre filing system organised by my soon-to-be ex-wife. I'm Jim Pass, football journalist and football fan. Like most football fans, I don't have one favourite club. I like to see all the teams do well. But there are some people out there who aren't so open-minded. There are people out there who devote themselves to one club and one club only even if that club is really rubbish. At every football ground up and down the country, you'll meet a set of often pig-headed diehards who stick with their club through thick and thin. When I first started documenting Hove Rovers, I'd hoped to mostly avoid the fans. They just weren't really people I wanted to spend time with. However, I quickly learnt that to get to the heart of a football club, to really understand it, you need to understand its fans first. Of course, this isn't always an easy task when you consider how many lagers most of them put away before a game. But every home game that I attended at the Sofa City Stadia, the 10,000-seater multi-purpose venue that Hove Rovers called home, I would be joined by at least 50 other people, drawn to the stadium like puppies to a milky teat. These people could have come to the stadium for any number of reasons. Maybe they needed a sit-down. Maybe they came for the very reasonably priced cups of hot bovril. Maybe they were lost. We'll never know. But I like to think they came for the football. They came for the excitement. They came to be entertained. They came to escape the desperate mundanity of their day-to-day lives. They came for Hove Rovers. Or did Hove Rovers come for them? After all, if a game of football is played, and no one is around to watch it, is it really played at all? We're not just a football club, we're a family. Brothers and sisters working together, playing together, (laughs) bickering together on occasion. A community whose aim is to improve the lives of those who are in it and be an example for those who, unfortunately, are not allowed inside of it without becoming a cult, Uh, more of a club, uh, if you will. That being said, we do try to give back to those around us and give as much as we take. Uh, For example, every season we find a local charity that we can help elevate the profile of. And last time we did this, we raised over £10,000 for... I I forget now. And between 20 to 22% of that went directly to the charity involved. Uh, It's always a a local organisation, nothing too far removed from the Hove constituency. Now, once we found uh, the charity itself, we insist the fans make donations to games um, because it's, it's always a cause close to my heart. And this year, it's uh, well, it's the one and only. Uh, it's the one and only. Sorry, I can't seem to find the post-it note. Bloody awkward. Ah, here it is. 
Ah, <clears throat> I'm sure you're well aware of Guide Dogs for the Blind, yeah? A very popular mainstream charity. Well, let's flip the coin. What about all the blind dogs who need guide people? Who on earth is going to give them the help that they need? It's time to dig deep. It's time for us all to pitch in. The fans, especially. We're a community. We care. And we bloody well care because we're Hove Rovers. As you walk along the Hove Promenade, a heady mix of sea air, vinegar and urine wafting up your nostrils, you'll come across an arcade, which, let's be honest, has seen better days. The arcade is run by Bob and Rose Lump, two lifelong Hove Rovers fans. Bob Lump is the chairman of the Hove Rovers unofficial fan club, a position he has held for over 40 years, having formed the fan club himself when he was only 12. In fact, Bob is such a huge Hove Rovers fan that he insisted that his firstborn son be named Rovers. I'm told that that son hasn't spoken to Bob in years. We actually met at a Hove Rovers game, Rose and I, years ago now. I'll always remember it. I got in a scuffle at the game with a member of the opposite team, actually. He'd just been uh, sent off, and well, maybe I was celebrating that a bit too much. He head-batted me, and I was knocked out cold. Rose was working for St John's Ambulance at the time, and uh, she saw me through. One of the players head-butted you. Can you remember who you were playing? Well, I didn't take down his name. It was a youth game, if I remember correctly, and some of those under-12s can be very vicious. But I make no apologies for what I said. I'm a passionate man. We all have a passion in life, and Hove Rovers is mine. Now, I'll travel anywhere to watch them, and I'll watch them at any level. I always say I've got two loves in my life, and that's Rovers and then Rose. And that's it. That's all I care about. And the kids, Bob. Yeah. Rose doesn't mind, of course. She loves the Rovers just as much as I do. Don't you, Rose? Now, don't just nod. You have to speak. It's a recording. Yes. Closer to the mic. Yes. No, really, you're fine where you are, Rose. Oh, okay. Honestly, I'm so deeply affected by what happens to Hove Rovers, and I've had a spot of trouble lately because we've not been doing too well. Last season was particularly poor. There were a few games we'd lost badly and I was driving back home, and I seriously considered just turning the car into oncoming traffic, killing the both of us. What did we have to live for? And I can't eat when we lose. I was down to six stone last year. Doctor thought I had an overactive thyroid, but I just told him it was a case of Rover's fever, didn't I, Rose? So I'd be interested to know, what do you think of Ken Fenn? Oh, he makes me very cross, doesn't he, Rose? He says he's a fan, he says he's one of us, but I don't believe him. He wouldn't know what a fan was, even if it came up and bit him on the arse, which was something I actually tried to do last year after the Worthing game. I was trying to prove a point, and I spent a night in the cells for my trouble, didn't I, Rose? So, Rose, do you share Bob's animosity towards Ken? Oh, no. It's a regular fantasy of mine. I'd be in the bath, and he'd come in. No shoes, no shirt, just a whistle. And he'd lift me okay, up stop. over uh, his no. head. Yeah, thanks for your time. Oh, we've, we've got everything oh. we need now. Look, you've got to be an ostrich not to be aware of what some of these fans say. Um, All this hoo-ha and chants and insults flying around at games. You know, I've, I've heard it all. You don't get to where I've got to today without having very thick skin. Metaphorically, of course. 
In actuality, I have very thin skin. It's, uh, it's a medical condition. Uh, the doctors say that I'm a bit of a medical anomaly. Uh, physically, I'm a bit like a baby bird. Do you mind just rolling the window up? It's bad enough uh, listening to all the all of that outside once they start getting their hands in. It's, uh, it gets a bit worse. Anyway, a lot of the fans are, are really hung up on the club's finances. And what I'll, I'll say about it is this. Things always look bad when you don't understand them. Besides, I can only take part of the blame for the state of the club. I've done all I can to raise funds. And could you give us an example of something you've done? Yeah, with pleasure, Jim, of course. Um, you know, we, we rent out the club bar for weddings and parties, that sort of thing. Actually, for a, a, as a good example, uh, we had a gala night not too long ago. Uh, dinner and informal dancing, yeah. We sold plenty of tickets, wonderful cocktail buffet. Uh, local DJ Neville Baines pitched in at marginal cost. And then as a surprise, to really blow the socks off to patrons, we had Yuri Geller come down and bend a few spoons. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, a real entertainer. Yeah, he went a bit overboard at the end, actually. Spoons, uh, forks, knives, even a fish slice, bent the whole lot. Yeah, we couldn't stop him. We had to buy a whole new cutlery set for the canteen. So, in the end, the night actually cost us money. Yeah. Uh, but, Ken... Surely you must understand some of the fans' frustrations, you know, as chairman and owner of the club. Should you not shoulder some of the blame for the state of the club's finances? Yeah, Jim, in all honesty, I think if the fans want to blame anyone for that, they should blame themselves. You know, what are they doing to help the club? If they, if they love it so bloody much, then they should be going the extra miles. I go, you know, I go into the club bar, not so much anymore because of the booing, but I, I used to go an awful lot, and there are people there drinking half pints when we've got full pints for sale no one's buying season tickets we've only sold seven so far so if those seven people got say seven of their friends to buy a season ticket then we would have sold far more season tickets then maybe we could afford to replace the plates after what happened at the Greek wedding Beyond the troubles in the boardroom club business carries on as normal and team manager Roy has been very busy in the transfer market, securing four new signings in one morning. You want a job done right, you do it your fucking self. You know said that, Jim? Uh, no, I don't, sorry. No, neither do I, actually. I was hoping you could help me out there. Got four new signings here. Well, three here, one coming later. Yugoslav lad, fresh off the boat. Picking him up from the uh, ferry terminal at 12.30. Think his name's Yuri or something. Uh, not seen him play, but they call him the Beast. I've got contacts out in the East and they put me onto him. Can't speak a word of English, but he can kick a ball. And that's all that matters. I'll get through to him somehow. Anyway, I told you I could do a deal, didn't I? Well, have a look at this. This young lad here is Jeff Onions. He's the son of my mate, Jeff Onions. He'll be going on the left... Left wing, that'll wind your dad up, won't it? He's a conservative councillor, isn't he? Not anymore, Roy. Oh, God, yeah, because of those photos. I mean, you think you know someone. Fucking hell. Right, anyway, Jeff was at Coventry Youth, and we've got him on loan for after season. Now, how's about this for a deal, Jim? we got young onions here for no fee, and in return, all we got to do is play him in every single game, regardless of performance or fatigue. Not bad, eh? He'll come good anyway. I've seen him play, and he's someone else. 
All the play goes through him on the pitch. He keeps an eye on everything. He's like a policeman out there. So his dad better watch out. No, but seriously, great player. Then there's Mick uh, from the Rifleman. He's a... Well, he's a good laugh. And then there's Jono... Sorry, Jono, what's your second name? It's just Jono. Just Jono. Is that Dutch, is it? It's just Jono, one word. You know, I thought it'd be a bit continental. Like uh, Romario. Romario? I'll take your word for that. I don't really listen to dance music. I worked with Jono when I was managing the youth team at King's Lynn. Me and Jono go way back. And then I bumped into him the other day. He stepped out in front of my car, came out of nowhere. But no one's to blame. And you're all right now, aren't you, son? My ankle's still a bit sore. You'll be all right. Get the sponge on that. Uh, Jono told me he was looking for a club, and I snapped him right up. It was a no-brainer, really. Always good to work with an old friend. You know, I've coached a lot of players in my time, and I remember everything about them. I know how to keep them happy. I remember where they play, how they play. So we'll stick Jono up top, and he'll be banging them in in no time. He's a great striker, if memory serves. Actually, right, I usually play in defence... Well, not anymore. New signings mean only one thing for a football manager, the dreaded press conference. Throughout his career, Roy has experienced a tumultuous relationship with the press. For years, he refused to speak to any journalist since the national newspaper revealed his shoe size, which for a man of his build is abnormally small. Uh, all right, then, let's get started. Uh, any questions? Yep, down yes, you there. Roy, hi, yeah, Mike Neck. I'd just like to know, what's the largest dog you've ever seen? Largest dog? Uh, well, back in the 80s, I had a neighbour who had this great Dane, and it was... Fa- Hang on, what paper did you say you was with? Oh, I'm not with a newspaper. Oh, radio, then? No, I'm not a journalist. You must have mistaken me for someone else. Well, this is a fucking press conference. What are you doing here if you're not a journalist? Well, the door was open. I just, just came in. Right, never mind that. Any other questions? Yes, you. Stood in the doorway wearing the anorak. Tickets? No, you can't get them here. You've got to go round the other side. There's an old bird asleep in a deck chair. She can sort you out. Hamlet. What? Tickets for Hamlet. This is a football stadium. Oh, typical fucking journalist. Can we have some questions about the club, please? I'm a football manager. I'm here to talk about football. Yes, I've seen you before. Ahmed, is it? Terry, Brighton Herald. All right, son, you've got a question? Yeah. About football? Yeah, it's about your career, actually. Fantastic. Far away. Thanks. Do you have any comment on the recent reports of financial irregularities and misappropriation of funds during your time on the British Virgin Islands coaching team? <sighs> Mike, was it? Yeah. Yeah, you should have seen the size of this dog. On its back legs, it must have been at least eight foot. With Roy's team finally taking shape... Excitement is building, not just amongst the fans, but amongst the players too. Footballers live a strange nomadic life, comparable to that of a shoeless vagabond wandering the streets begging for chips. In their careers, football players move from club to club regularly, with some playing for a new club on an almost weekly basis. And a new club means new teammates. So as well as being good at football, football players also need to be skilled at making friends. Yeah, there's a good atmosphere at the club. I think the new lads will enjoy it here. I'm relatively new myself, uh, but I settled in quickly. The lads that were already here, they helped a lot. 
you know Les Bent? Well, Les did a bit of an initiation, which I'm sure all the new lads are going to get. And what did uh, the initiation involve? Get in. Well, he clumped me on the back of the head and then spat on me. Really funny. He really is the life and soul of the dressing room, mate. He's given us all nicknames. So, Will Football, he's known as Will Footbollocks. Then there's Darius Bean, who plays on the wing. Uh, he wears yellow boots, so uh, Les calls him a fucking nonce. Paul, do you have a nickname? Yeah, I do, actually. Because I'm quite tall, and I like the band UB40. Uh, Les calls me a uh, lanky streak of paralysed piss. Really funny guy. Lots of plays come through here, and I've been here for about 10 years now, so I must have played, I mean, I've not been keeping count, but I must have played with about a thousand players, I think. That's a long time to be at one club. Do you ever consider moving, looking for a new challenge, maybe? Yeah. I think Hove Rovers is the best club for me. You know, I'm captain, and it's quite near my house. You know, I know to drive in. I get it though, I get what you're saying. You want to improve all the time. I'm sure it's the same for you. You will probably always want to ask better questions. No, what's wrong with my questions? You never stop dreaming. It's a part of life. I want to improve, and I would love to play at a higher level. I'm still young, I'm only 28. But sometimes you have to be realistic. Dreams can fade and change with time. Like a sunset. One minute it's beautiful, the next minute it's not there anymore. You're in almost total darkness, except for the street lights. You know, I may never win a trophy, and I may never be a top goal scorer, and I may never play at the highest level of football, and that's just something I have to accept. Like I've had to accept that I will never lead England out at Wembley Stadium. Not now they've put an age limit on mascots anyway. And it's not just the players getting ready for the new season. Owner and chairman Ken has some big plans to make this year one to remember. Yes, well our new manager Roy is very much a blockbuster appointment. So to reflect that, we need to create a blockbuster matchday experience for the fans. You know, when one is paying £40 for a ticket, one expects more than just a match of football. One expects an experience similar to going to your local theatre. So it does make one ask the question, what can one do? James, I'm asking you a question, what can one do? Oh, sorry, uh, I didn't realise I wasn't really listening. What was the uh, What was the question? What can the club do to offer a blockbuster experience for the fans? Um, ooh, maybe you could play music when the teams come out before the game? We already play music when the teams come out. We've been doing that for years. In actuality, we might have been one of the very first teams in the country to do that. And everyone's doing it now. You know, our traditional entrance music is Phantom of the Opera. Such wonderfully exciting music and a, a rumbunctious version of it, yet so sensual. It really gets everyone going right from the core. I'm assuming you've heard of what happened on the final day of last season. No, what, what happened? <laughs> well, 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 my goodness. Um, 
We were gunning for promotion, two points outside the playoffs, uh, one game remaining. We needed a win. Unfortunately, half an hour before the game was due to start, the bloody speakers stopped working. But as you know, I'm a man who is known for his pragmatic quick thinking and problem solving. On that particular day, I solved the problem thusly. I knew I had a copy of the necessary tape in the Saab, so I ran to the changing room to get my keys. I erupted through the back door in search of my car, which was in the parking spot a few roads over. I put the keys in the ignition, and I floored it to the stadia. I drove through the hoardings and straight onto the pitch. Parked up in the centre circle, I opened all four doors, the hatch and the sunroof, turned the tape deck on full whack. Hey presto, we had a set of speakers, and the players had something to make an entrance to. It was marvellous. Those waltzing crescendos that Lloyd Webber is so gifted with. The horns, the strings, the timpani, the swells that build up at just the right minute. A very intimidating atmosphere for the opposition, but a fantastic experience for the fans. There we were, sharing the majesty of musical theatre. They were obeying, slathering mob by the end of it, salivating and clapping and cheering for the team. I think a flare went on in the north stand at some point. I don't know, I was deaf and blind with passion. The team were too. I had done everything in my power to unmask the phantom within them. We were as one. The fans, the players and myself, we were rovers together. Promotion was on the horizon and there was no stopping us. The only way was forward. Win, win, win. Um, Did you win the match in the end? Well, the... Players were ready to play out of their skin for me. They really were, and I'm sure they would have done. Um, however, the weather was uh, was inclement, and uh, it had rained quite extensively the night before. And little did I know, but the pitch was actually uh, was waterlogged, and the Saab, as dynamic a drive as it is, isn't built for terrain like that. So, uh, sadly, the referee was a bit of an old bugger, and he didn't see the ruts that the tyres left on the pitch tripped and broke his bloody ankle yeah match had to be abandoned in the end and uh, sadly we missed out on the playoffs god terrible injustice really before the season officially starts hove rovers like all teams have to go through pre-season pre-season is an often tasty but sometimes bitter starter made up of exhibition games before the main course of delicious competitive league matches I personally thought Kylie was better. Well, you see me on the glove. The first yeah, single was like this one, but second single not was quite. Right, but it didn't get me going as much. All right, lads, are we ready? Couple of important things to remember before the game. Uh, don't forget to empty your pockets. Don't want any more lost keys out there. And I uh, just got word from the council: if you're parked on Rectory Road, you're going to have to move your car now. It's going to get towed. Any tactics, Gaffer? Yes, good question. Four four two. And while we're talking tactics. Get the ball to Onions. He's the only one of you who can fucking play. Big 90 minutes coming up, lads. They might say it's a friendly, but it's going to be anything but. I've had Norm scouting this lot in a week. What do you think of them, Norm? Oh, I I can't remember. No, No, you said they were a dirty team. Oh, yes, they were a dirty team, Roy. Dirty as mustard they were. Right, listen. You're going to get kicked out there, and if that happens, you fucking kick them back. Listen. The result isn't important today. I want to see passion. I want to see a good fight in you lot. I want to see you play with fucking fire in you. Get your fucking tackles in early. Les, listen. They've got a big man up top. Let him know you're there, all right? Don't you worry about me, all right? I'll sit them down. 
And I'll have a meeting up before breakfast. By the time I'm finished. Right, and make sure Yuri knows which goal to defend, right? Doesn't understand a fucking word I'm saying. Rest of you, listen. Chins down, elbows up. Don't be afraid to scrap. Darius, put that orange down. Those are for half-time. I want to see you crossing that ball. Make the keeper work. He's not the tallest, so it am I. All right? Jono, couple of bruises in defence, so I hope your fucking ankle's better, because you're going to get a fucking pasting today. Actually, Roy, it really hurts. They're going to bring the fight to us, so we'll take it back to them. Twice as hard. This isn't football, this is a fucking war. Let's fucking have it. Let's kick some fucking ass. Come on, boys. Yeah, come, come on, guys. Sure. We can do this. Think about it, boys. Big game of football coming on. Roy, I've got to say, that was fantastic. Really inspiring. Listen, Jim, when you play a rival, it doesn't matter if it's a friendly. You've got to win. You leave your heart on the pitch. It's blood, sweat and tears. It's bone on bone. Get your face dragged through the mud and you come up smiling. It's all about the first tackle, the first furlong. You do everything you can to beat the fucking opposition. So who is the opposition today? Sussex schoolboys. On the next episode of the untold story of Hove Rovers, the new season finally gets underway with a bang. 